Welcome to The Kingstonian, a podcast that profiles individuals who are passionate about what they do for a living, about what organization they belong to, or simply passionate about the community they are a part of. Hello there, and welcome. My name is Dave Cunningham. Consider this episode a bit of a travelogue, tracing the trip taken by the Rob Roy Pipe Band and Highland Dancers to participate in the Tartan Day Parade in New York City. I went along. My wife Linda has been a member of the group for several years, learning the pipes and working her way into the Grade 5 band. Proud of you, love. Okay, so we have two guests on the program today, both making the trip to New York City. James Vandeven has many roles with Rob Roy, piper, pipe major, teacher, and student. Leslie Mae Stewart has played a behind-the-scenes role with the band for years and was one of the organizers for the trip. The music in this episode was performed by the Rob Roy Pipe Band and recorded live during the trip in New York. Let's begin with a little music from the band, recorded in Bryant Park, which is located in Midtown Manhattan.
A medley of Bonnie Dundee and the Glenderool Highlanders, played by the Rob Roy Pipe Band in Bryant Park in New York City. I asked Leslie what prompted her to get involved with the band in the first place. It was the family environment, the group environment, uh, being able to join a community group that did a lot within the community and was also there to help my son learn, and we were very involved with it. But to take it a step even back, I grew up in Fergus, Ontario, which is very anonymous with Highland Games. And I had been very, you know, grown up in that environment and every year attended the festival. And again, I'd never danced or played, but I always enjoyed it. Now, if we look at the band itself, the Rob Roy band has been around 66 years, if I remember correctly. Yep. From your perspective, having been involved as long as you have, what is it that appeals to you about the band? And and why do you think it's been around as long as it has? I think it's been around as long as it has more due to the teaching program and the integration of dancing with the band as in together. You don't see that a lot anymore, anywhere, to have a band and a dancing program that is together. And they do things together. They put shows on together. They travel together. They parade together. The only time you really see the separation is at competition. The dancers compete at different competitions, different times than bands. Bands compete different times. They compete different days. And solo players in a band, Mm -hmm. they also compete at different times. Now, what have you done for the band? What role have you played over the years? Over the years, I think in the beginning, I just was the supportive mom and helping my son and learning about things. And then I started taking on small roles if they needed to sell tickets for a fundraiser, if they needed to sell chocolate bars. And then I kind of jumped on and became the fundraising person and came up with ideas And then it came into band clothing and families and T-shirts and jackets and people wanting to have clothing with Rob Roy on it. Again, another way to get the name out in the community is everybody wearing a bit of a logo and something to say you were part of a Rob Roy organization. And then from that, I went on to almost like a band management role where at competitions, because my son was there, I became like the runner for the pipe major I would go to the morning meetings and know when our band played where we had to be at what time kind of make sure everybody was organized when they had to practice when they all had to be together as a band okay when we look at some of the things that Rob Roy does so we have competitions we have performances we have parades yeah as a spectator or an organizer Mm -hmm. which do you prefer of those three do you have a particular favorite I like the competitions. I I like to watch the band compete, watch them get ready to compete, watch them do their, you know, warming up and um, fine-tuning the instruments at the very end and kind of get that feeling for them because some of them maybe feel this way, but it's like, here we are after all of this practicing, here we go. As a group, we march onto the field, we play, we compete, we march off. And it's not something, if you're a spectator who has not played the instrument, played either bagpipes or drums, Mm -hmm. and you're watching someone compete, it's all very subtle in my opinion, because I'm not a musician. Mm -hmm. And I'm watching this and I'm going, okay, now, where are the discrepancies or where are the differences from one competitor to the other? Yes. Well, I think over the years, as a spectator, people 
as they would say, you get an ear. You get an ear for the music. You get an ear for, oh, somebody just had a squeal. You can tell the difference between a band who has come out, they started together, they played well together, you enjoyed the sound, you enjoyed the music, and at the end their cutoff was nice and clean and a sharp ending than the ones that maybe have somebody where there's a little squeak at the end or somebody taps a drum when they shouldn't have. You start to learn those little wee things where there's maybe not the quite the same as the band at the next level. And then you start to learn bands at the beginner level to the very good grade one, which is your top grade bands. You begin to get an ear for that and say, Wow, I can tell the difference. From a spectator's point of view, going to a festival is the place to go to get a better handle on the whole thing. Yes, absolutely. Any of the festivals around is a great time to go and experience the different levels of bands, the different number of bands, and just to get to hear the different music and to hear what they play. Green Hills of Tyrol, again is played by the Rob Roy Pipe Band in New York. Leslie mentioned that spending time at a festival is a good way to appreciate the music of the pipes and drums. Please be aware that the Kingston Scottish Festival takes place at Rideau Acres on Saturday, May the 25th. It's a great opportunity. Back to New York City. One of the Tartan Week's major sponsors was a place called Taylor Public House and Kitchen, located near 8th and West 35th. Much of the music being played in this episode was recorded there. Turns out playing there was a highlight for James. Um, For me, uh, I I think it was um, not just playing um, in the parade itself and uh, playing with the dancers in front of um, the honorary parade marshal, um, um, but it was also uh, performing in uh, that pub, the large pub where the dancers got to uh, play their their full or dance their full repertoire performance repertoire and uh, it was a little bit strange in that we had some um, musicians on the stairs um, winding stair and and but it sounded great and uh, everybody had a great time um, it was a great venue musical highlight well there was a lot I would say even though it was a really dreary and a horrible rainy day to have the band play in Bryant Park was wonderful and then to be beside that band from Scotland, from the Lancashire schools, 
to see that those school kids came over from Scotland to play. And we were the only two bands that really showed up to play in the rain. The other ones canceled. And I think that to me, that was, that said something and to play beside them. And they were all so nice and we all talked to them. And it was a great, a great, great time, I think, for both. I remember hearing some description of that particular band, and these are kids from a whole pile of different high schools in Scotland. Yes. It's not just one high school. No, yeah. it's it's all there, but they're all from the Lancashire area, and so they are the school bands with an S on the end. There was, mm-hmm. and I think, if I'm not mistaken, there was three of them there, but they came over as one huge group, obviously all playing the same and wearing you know they obviously have the same tartan and they were they were fantastic and they were thrilled and loved their time in new york just from talking to them you could tell that Rob Roy Pipe Band and featured in this selection, the Highland Dancers. And you'll have to take my word for it, they did a great job. The tune they danced to was We Michael's March. You're listening to a special edition of The Kingstonian featuring Leslie Mae Stewart and James Vandevin, two members of the Rob Roy family, talking about the band's trip to play in the Tartan Day Parade in New York City this past April 6th. If you have ever visited New York City, you know there are a lot of things to see, and there's no way you can hope to see all of it in three days. As has been mentioned earlier in the program, those of us on the bus were very fortunate to have a couple with us who had lived in New York City. Leslie and her husband Kent acted as our unofficial guides. 
I asked both Leslie and James about two of the landmarks we visited. Most of us think of New York City. They think of Broadway musicals that take place. Yes. And the desire to go to a musical and hear these people sing and perform. Yes. And then they realize that, okay, well, it's going to be difficult to get a ticket if you're going down without getting the tickets in advance. Mm -hmm. And if you do get a ticket, it's not going to be cheap. That's right. But another way to access the atmosphere is a place called Ellen's Stardust Diner. Absolutely. Tell us about the diner. Ellen's Stardust Diner is full of wait staff who are aspiring to be on Broadway. They live and work close to Midtown in the city because anytime there's a audition or something coming up for a Broadway show, it might be advertised this afternoon because somebody last night broke a leg. So the audition is up this afternoon and they're tomorrow morning for auditions. Mm-hmm. If you live in Chicago, you're not going to get there right. for an audition. So this is how Ellen's was born. They hire people at the diner based on their singing and acting abilities. They will teach you how to wait tables. And that's how Ellen's came about. And they are the known as the singing wait stuff. And they sing constantly during their eight-hour shifts. Any of them will tell you that they sing um, once or twice every hour for an eight-hour shift as they're serving tables. And they will get up on the tables yes. and do their thing <laughs> standing on the tables. Mm-hmm. Or they have cordless mics and they will walk around the whole restaurant and sing and greet guests as yes. they're doing their thing. Absolutely. You can watch them. If you were to really focus on a singer and watch them as they were singing any one of the tunes they happen to be performing in, but especially if it's a group of them singing, you know, four or five singing a group song, one of them may not have a part for about 20 seconds, and you'll watch them with the microphone under their arm, pouring a drink at a soda fountain, taking it to a guest, and singing at the same time. Like, they really are the singing wait staff, and they always, 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 if they've had to sing, if it was their turn, they'll come back to your table and apologize if they've had to leave you to go and sing. Mm-hmm. It's an experience to go through. It is, and I we've always told people that it is one of the go-to places if you're going into New York, but I do know the lineups are always long, and it is a long wait, Mm -hmm. but it's worth it in my opinion, and especially if you don't do a Broadway show because you've seen so many people that are aspiring to be on Broadway, and sometimes you wonder, wow, why is that person not in a show? Mm And they make the point of telling the people in the restaurant that so many people over the last period of time have been hired to do shows around town. And they do. And it's really interesting to watch because a lot of times those shows, they're only six-month contracts for almost every show. They're a six-month contract, and some of them get three-month contracts on a cruise line. If there's uh, there was a group of them one time left and went to do Rock of Ages on a cruise ship. Mm -hmm. And they were only gone for three months. When they came back, some of them had jobs. Some of them couldn't get jobs. So they were welcomed back to Ellen's until they could get their next job. Cool. Yeah. Really nice. One of the highlights for me was spending some time in O'Hara's Pub, Mm -hmm. which is an Irish pub. Mm -hmm. But describe to us what O'Hara's is all about. So O'Hara's is a pub that is fairly close to ground zero. And when that tragedy occurred, um, power was out for all, just about everywhere. Um, the, the, the area around Ground Zero was a disaster 
zone. Um, you know, there was refuse everywhere, dust, you name it. But O'Hara's did their best to stay open. Uh, and they fed the first responders. Um, it was a, a place of refuge uh, and respite for those folks doing some very difficult, difficult work. Um, afterwards, uh, as, as things were rebuilt, O'Hara's now has a tradition where first responders will bring in a, uh, their badge, their organization badge from whatever police organization or firefighter organization, ambulance, whatever. And those badges are all over the facility. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also have a very large book with pictures throughout that, that difficult time. And it just reminds us of, of how fragile uh, life is, really. It was poignant. Final question to our guests. I was curious to know what kind of impact such a trip would have on the band and its members. I think it generates some camaraderie kind of as a group, kind of like as a team player even, like everybody got to know other people that they maybe didn't know as well. There was, you know, that sense of it wasn't a competition, so there wasn't the same, if you want to say, stress level or people were concerned. It was more, it was enjoyable. And I think it's created a lot of um, hype and energy within the organization where people are talking about what a fun time that was, what a great trip that was, and doing, you know, obviously something like that, again, would be wonderful for the whole organization, I think. It gives us a chance to bond. Um, You know, it's not just... It's not just about playing an instrument, but it's about playing those instruments together, uh, making some some really great music. Um, and really, music is about life. It's about joy. And we get to, to, to share that sense of joy as we perform for the public. And, and not just perform, you know, in one place, but go to different places and, and share these experiences together. Um, you know, it's it's been a journey for me, not just me, but I'm sure for others. And uh, you know, when you share this this special journey with people, it just it makes it all that more appealing. And hopefully, you know, there will be others that want to uh, come on board and and share this kind of lifestyle.
two great classics in pipe music, Amazing Grace and Scotland the Brave. Our thanks to the Rob Roy Pipe Band and Highland Dancers with Pipe Major Scott Bell, Lead Drummer Chris Bell, Heather Nicholson, who coordinated the dancers, and Guest Drum Major Daryl Lim. I'd also like to express my appreciation to our guests in this episode, Leslie May Stewart and James Vandeven, for their thoughts on the band's trip to New York City. Theme music for the program is Stasis Oasis, a tune written and performed by Kingston musician Tim Aylesworth. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions about any of our episodes, please send a note to the Kingstonian Podcast Facebook page. This is Dave Cunningham from Kingston, Ontario. Thank you for listening. Until next time.